With the third pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Scoot Henderson from Marietta, Georgia, and the NBA G League's Team Ignite. They get a dog. They get a dog that's gonna come in and, and that's gonna be hungry. No, I'm young, but I got I got a mature mindset and and that's to work and, and that's to come in and, and make a real impact and, and not just the basketball side, but the, in the community. You know, so they, they get a special player, a special person. Hey, Rip City. This is Nasir Little, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Hodor. Greetings, Blazer fans, and welcome to the briefcase, episode 45 of the briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall, and that was Scoot Henderson being selected by the Portland Trailblazers with a third overall pick of Thursday's NBA draft, and Henderson himself telling fans in Rip City what they can expect out of the 6'2", 195-pound guard out of Marietta, Georgia, who played the last season with the G League Ignite. While there was no mystery about who would be selected with the top overall pick, with Victor Wimbignana being a lock to go to the San Antonio Spurs, which player would be available for the Trailblazers with the third pick was very much up in the air, as the Charlotte Hornets were reportedly considering both Henderson and Alabama forward Brandon Miller. But Miller, who was tabbed as Charlotte's selection for the majority of the run-up to the draft, was eventually selected by the Hornets, giving Portland the opportunity to draft a player with a third pick who they feel can be a generational talent. We'll talk about Portland's performance at the 2023 draft, which also netted the team Chris Murray and Rayon Rupert, give a quick breakdown of Portland's just-released 2023 Las Vegas Summer League schedule, and hear from Trailblazers General Manager Joe Cronin on this edition of The Briefcase. While there was certainly a segment of fans who wanted to see the Trailblazers make moves at the 2023 draft to add veteran talent around Damian Lillard, it's hard to view Portland's takeaways from the evening as anything but a rousing success. At three, they got Scoot Henderson, who many feel would have been the top overall pick in a number of recent drafts. He's already a physically imposing presence at 19 years old and has drawn comparisons to Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rhodes, guards with uncommon athleticism who have a knack for getting into the paint and finishing at the rim. And in the few interactions I've seen, including on ESPN last night, Scoot Henderson seems to have an affable personality and some significant leadership qualities, all things you want out of any player, but especially one who has known he's going to be a pro for a while now. He seems genuinely enthusiastic to be a trailblazer, which you absolutely love to see. In short, the team is incredibly high on Scoot Henderson, and as you'll hear in a little bit, the idea of a future backcourt featuring Henderson and Shaden Sharp is something to be legitimately excited about. 20 picks after selecting Henderson, the Trailblazers nabbed another of their pre-draft targets by selecting junior forward Chris Murray out of Iowa. Chris, Chris, the twin of Sacramento's Keegan Murray, made a significant jump in his junior season, averaging 20.2 points on 47.6% shooting from the field, 34% shooting from three, and 73% shooting from the line to go with 7.9 rebounds and 2.0 assists in 34.8 minutes per game. But more importantly for the Blazers, Murray also averaged more than a block and a steal per game, showing flashes of the 3 and D potential that the Trailblazers have been lacking for some time. A number of mock drafts had Murray pegged as a Portland target, but I don't think they expected that he would still be on the board when they made their pick at 23, which is the pick that they got in the trade that sent Josh Hart to the Knicks. So being able to get Murray at 23 turned what was already a very good draft for the Trailblazers into a great draft for the Trailblazers with one pick to go. And with that last pick, they were able to turn a great draft into a phenomenal draft, as the Blazers were able to grab French forward Rayon Rupert, a 19-year-old who played last season with the New Zealand Breakers. Repair was expected by most to go in the first round, including by the NBA, by the way, as he was invited to attend the draft in person. He was one of the green room invites, which usually means they expect to be taken in the first round. So the fact that he was available at 43 was a boon to Portland's front office. At 6'6", and with a 7'3 wingspan, Repair has all the potential to be a special perimeter defender, which again, is something Portland has needed for years now, maybe since another young Frenchman, Nicholas Batum, was traded to Charlotte all those years ago. 
So in total, Joe Cronin and his staff added a player they feel could be a perennial all-star in Scoot Henderson, a player they feel can step in and eat up minutes right away while also filling an important 3 and D role by selecting Chris Murray, and they were able to select a player with first-round talent and tremendous upside midway through the second round in Rion Repair. In short, if your hope was that the Blazers would make a bigger move using their draft assets, something that Joe Cronin said they attempted to do before deciding the cost wasn't worth the return, I can understand why you might be a bit disappointed with what Portland came away with on Thursday. But as a singular talent acquisition event, the Trailblazers had an incredibly successful night at the 2023 NBA draft, and I'm not really sure there's really any other way to view it. They added top-end talent, middle-end talent, and emerging talent, while also potentially addressing long-standing skill inequities. In short, the Blazers put themselves in a much better position with their draft Thursday night, regardless of what path the organization eventually decides to take. Moving on, albeit in a related topic, the NBA released the first four-game schedules for all three teams competing in the 2023 Las Vegas Summer League, which begins Friday, July 7th in, as you would expect, Las Vegas. The schedule used to be released much sooner, but a few years ago the league decided to wait until after the draft in order to set up matchups between players taken in the lottery. It might make planning a little more difficult, but it's a wise decision from a content perspective, which is fairly obvious when you look at Portland's schedule for this year's Summer League. First up, on Friday, July 7th at 4 p.m., Portland will face the Houston Rockets, which sets up a matchup between Scoot Henderson, the third overall pick, and Amon Thompson, the fourth overall pick. That game will broadcast on ESPN. Should be an exciting one. Obviously, the Rockets have a lot of young talent. The Blazers have a growing amount of young talent as well. That should be a very fun game. Really looking forward to seeing how Scoot Henderson matches up against Amon Thompson, a guy who has a similar physical profile, similar skill set, who plied his craft at Overtime Elite rather than G League Ignite, which is where Scoot Henderson played last year. Then two days later, we'll get the big one with the Blazers facing the Spurs on July 9th at 5 p.m. on ESPN2. It doesn't sound like Victor Wembanyama is going to play for the entire Summer League, but one hopes he'll play in this one, which would be a rematch of when he and Scoot Henderson faced off in Las Vegas earlier this season for the respective teams. You would assume that the Spurs are going to take it slow with Wembenyama, if for no other reason than he just got done playing a full French season and playoffs. Obviously, they don't want to have anything happen there, but you would hope that maybe he's able to get out there for a few games. I'm not expecting him to play for the entirety of Summer League. In fact, I'm not, I don't expect most players to play for the entirety of Summer League, particularly guys who are taken near the top of the lottery. But it'd be nice to get a little glimpse of the future with Wembenyama. So Spurs... Go ahead and throw him out there for that one. Save him for that game on Sunday, July 9th, 5 p.m. on ESPN2. Then on Tuesday, July 11th, the Blazers get Brandon Miller selected with the second overall pick and the Hornets in a 5.30 tip-off on NBA TV. And then they wrap up their pre-tournament schedule by facing the Magic, who selected Anthony Black with the sixth overall pick on Thursday, July 13th on ESPN2. After that, the Summer League moves on to the tournament play, where the Trailblazers will look to repeat as Summer League champions. The Blazers haven't released their summer league roster yet, but Henderson, Murray, and Rupert seem like locks, along with Jabari Walker, Ibu Baji, and John Butler Jr. I think there's a chance Shane Sharp might play, but I think that's still TBD. You would also assume that some of the players who Portland has signed or is going to sign for their G League team, name and branding announced on Monday, by the way, will be on their summer league roster as well. I've said it before, I'll say it again, Las Vegas Summer League is a great opportunity to get out have a good time, see some of your favorite players, young players in a somewhat relaxed setting. It's not like it used to be where you could just walk around and do whatever you want at Summer League. It's become a bigger event now, particularly with all 30 teams playing. But still, you buy a day pass, you're able to see a bunch of games, spend a bunch of time in the gym. Then you have your nights to yourself in Las Vegas, which is always a good time as well. Las Vegas Summer League, by far one of the best NBA events 
I always tell people you should at least go once, even if it's just for a weekend. And this year, you could fly in Friday morning, leave Sunday night, and you would get to see two games featuring the first overall pick, potentially, the third overall pick, and the fourth overall pick. That's a heck of a bargain. So if you have the means, if you have the opportunity, you got some friends, you want a road trip, even if you don't have a lot of money, you get a cheap room in Vegas, have a bunch of people crashing it, go watch some Trailblazers basketball, get your eyes on Scoot Henderson and some of these young players they're bringing into Portland. Always a good time. Highly suggest getting to Summer League at least once. If you see me there, yell at me, throw me a high five. Maybe we'll throw some dice together. Finally, let's go ahead and hear from Trailblazers General Manager Joe Cronin about Portland's 2023 draft. While the topic was ostensibly about the draft, the majority of the questions were about Damian Lillard, who has been fairly forthright about what he'd like to see from the team in terms of roster building, and his situation with the team after they selected three players rather than using those picks of larger trades. I thought Joe did a great job of explaining what the plan was for the Trailblazers, what their thought process was in terms of looking for deals, but not really feeling like any deals were worth passing on a player and a talent like Scoot Henderson. I think he did a really good job of laying out what that situation is and how they are still trying to build a roster around Damian Lillard while also being responsible about the deals that they have available to them and the notion of not making a short-term deal that is not going to improve the team all that much while also putting into jeopardy some of their more long-term goals. Here's what Joe had to say. I think um, what we feel was a very successful draft. You know, at pick three, we got Scoot Henderson, who has a chance to be a transcendent player in this league, extremely talented. The sky's the limit. We're incredibly excited to have Scoot come to Portland. Pick 23, Chris Murray from Iowa. We're really excited to see Chris get that far to us, you know, to fall to 23. Um, he does what we're trying to do, what we need more of, defense, um, IQ, ranginess, the ability to be disruptive on defense and, you know, cover all kinds of different guys and be switchable and be able to to drop and rotate and protect the rim a little bit and then offensively very, very functional. So for us, Chris, that's somebody that we really liked coming into this draft and feel very fortunate that he was there. Pick 43 in the second round. Another guy who we're very high on, Ryan Rupert from France. Played in New Zealand this year. Was uh, Had a great season. Um, ton of potential. You know, really rangy, long, very defensive-minded. Terrific worker, terrific guy. Um, very, very high ceiling. So with those three, we feel like we got a lot accomplished. In this new environment, you know, this new CBA and this new um, – basketball rule system that we play under value contracts are extremely beneficial for a roster. They allow you a lot more flexibility to, you know, make the moves that you're hoping to do. So I'm sure I'll get some questions about why three guys, why maybe some young guys. And the answer is in order to get high end talent on rookie scale contracts is extremely appealing to us to be able to do our other business and keep adding to this team. So all in all, I think it was an incredible day for us, and I'm ready for some questions. At the trade deadline, you talked about uh, very soon going all in, Mm -hmm. maybe even overpaying to bring in a star to help Damian. How close were you, if at Mm -hmm. all, to moving this pick for such a player? And if if, uh, you didn't, so do you feel like you still can this summer? And lastly, how has Dame reacted, if he has reacted at all, to you guys making this pick? 
the goal, you know, post lottery was um, see what the value of this pick is, you know, both as far as evaluating the draft and evaluating the trade market. So very early on after we moved up to three, had a ton of different meetings with, you know, myself and my staff, myself and Jody and Bert, myself and Chauncey and Dame going through, you know, who's our targets, who are guys that make sense for us, you know, so you go through that board and as you're evaluating this draft and evaluating Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller, the list gets pretty small pretty quickly as far as which guys are available plus a terrific fit on a great contract and can really take us to another level. So, you know, we kept working those and trying to see if any of those players made sense. Um, but end of day, as we got through this, you know, into today, um, we just opted to go with the pick instead with Scoot because we deem him like he's just for us a better player. Dame and I talked when we last talked Tuesday morning. Dame's not in Portland right now. Um, had a long talk Tuesday morning. You know, that was two days before the draft, so there's still a lot of things can happen. You know, often teams don't show their hand until Wednesday or even today or sometimes even during the draft. But um, we had a long talk about some trade possibilities. Um, we had a good discussion about, hey, there's a strong likelihood that we're going to draft here at three. We didn't know exactly which player would be there. Between, you know, we didn't know who was going to go to at the time. So plenty of discussions about that. Um, haven't talked to him since Tuesday. I've been in contact with his agent, uh, Aaron Goodwin, Wednesday, today, multiple times going into the draft, just keeping him apprised of what our plans are and, hey, you know, we're going to draft here. So just trying to be, trying to communicate and be upfront and make sure we're all on the same page. Joe, is the intention still to build this roster around Damian Lillard and build towards contending on his timeline? It is. I mean, there's nothing we want more than to, number one, for Dame to retire a trailblazer, and two, to put a winner around him, a high-end winner. And I think that's what gets misconstrued about Dame sometimes. Like, for us, it's an incredible problem to have. We have the best player in trailblazers history that wants to be here and wants to have a winner put around him. And that's our challenge. And that's where we've got to keep doing our thing and find ways to make this team as competitive as possible, as quickly as possible. Joe, you mentioned that you wanted to see a more veteran laden team and mm -hmm. you had various assets. You've expended a large portion of those assets. Mm -hmm. If you're going to build around Damian Lillard, how, how can you do that at this point without, either first round pick or your second round pick with only so many salaries left. Mm -hmm. I think there's still, there's still a lot of movement to be had. We've got to, you know, obviously do a good job in free agency and in the trade market in the next, you know, especially in this activity window, the next two, three weeks, we've got to, we've planted a lot of seeds on some deals. A lot of these deals we talked about outside of three, you know, they weren't necessarily draft related. So sometimes these deals will, carry through to, you know, could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be going into free agency or outside of the moratorium. So the goal now is to, you know, we've, we've added some young players. The goal now is to add some veteran players that can continue to, you know, ramp up this team. 
Joe Damien was pretty unequivocal at the end of the year when he said yeah. um, that he didn't have an appetite for more 19-year-olds and guys yeah. who were a couple of years away. And yeah. I think at one point said if the path was to go young, that wasn't his path. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you square those comments with what you guys have done up to this point in the offseason? And in, in drafting Scoot, do you, do you have to accept that a condition of making that pick may be that they may not be interested in, in, in where you guys are going now? I think I would say, like, with in regards especially to Scoot as a 19 year old, he's not your normal 19 year old. This, this is a special, special player that is, you know, of course, going to need some time to adjust to the NBA, but he's already been playing professionally for two years. He's uber talented. He's not going to take too long to find his stride. So he's, he's a little unique in that regard. I understand. What what they meant by the the average nineteen year old? I would just average, I would argue Scoot is anything but average. Joe, both Dame and Scoot are guys that have the ball, point guards. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they can play together in the backcourt? And mm-hmm. are you kind of telling us that the chances of either Dame or Scoot being traded now are zero? Well, initially, there's no such thing as zero, probably, but I would say that. My goal is to keep both of them. I already said that, you know, I, I would love to see Dame retire a trailblazer. I have zero desire to trade him. I really hope this works out here. And I think you can tell how excited I am about Scoot Henderson. Um, and he has a chance to be, you know, a special player in this league. So as far as them playing together, um, I definitely think there's it's a possibility that, you know, those two would blend well together just from a talent standpoint. It's really, really high end, and I think they can complement each other as well. You know, we'll see how Chauncey decides to use Scoot in year one, but I could see it being, you know, I don't know how he's going to do it, whether he's going to use him as a backup or he's going to use him as a starter or, you know, swing him. I don't know how he's going to do it, but basketball is about talent. You know, I think sometimes we get caught up too much in position and size. Like for me, I'd rather have the – guy like scoot who's only six four but he's or you know six we measured him he's six two and a half barefoot so we call it six three six three and a half i'd rather have the shorter guy who's a better player than the six five guy you know so like in in a lot of cases scoot who's so powerful and so long and so dynamic i think he can hold his ground against some twos when he plays that sometimes but i mean they're both natural ones so it's a very fair question joe you've talked to dame more than any of us here mm-hmm. After those conversations, I mean, do you feel like you're in danger of losing him? No, I don't. I think Dame badly, badly wants to win. And he's probably being more vocal about that than ever, but I don't look at that as a negative. I look at that as he's passionate about this. It matters deeply to him, and it matters deeply to us. And I think the reason you haven't seen major issues from us or the reason you see still see Dame in our gym every day or still meeting with Chauncey and I constantly is because he wants us to work. He was, he's bought in. He wants it to work here and he's challenging us to get it done, which I think is more than fair. And he's earned that. Bear with me a little bit. So, so last year with Shaden, he was spectacular, but he clearly made a lot of mistakes and therefore Mm -hmm. he wasn't really ready to help the team win. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like scoot, 
is a young player who can help a team win at 19, which is extremely unusual. And if he can't, and Dame looks around and doesn't see other veterans that he can win with and mm-hmm. sees that you actually got younger when you, Billups and Dame, ended the season saying you guys were way too young, you blamed yourself for some of that, mm-hmm. and you didn't have enough size, and you just added the six foot two guy. Mm-hmm. How does any of that add up to Dame coming close to being remotely okay with any of this? Requesting a trade. And if he does, would you accept that? Mm-hmm. Scoot's going to have his up and downs. You know, the rookie, rookie year is hard on a player, you know, not just the adjusting to the amount of talent up here, but also, you know, figuring out how to guard all these different players and, you know, run all these different plays and learn your teammates and get through 82 games, which is way more than any of these young guys have ever played. So there's a lot of obstacles to a season. So I'm not at all saying the scoot season is going to be effortless or, you know, not have, you know, some negative moments to it, but um, every player is different in their preparation and how they got here. You know, the paths between Scoot and Shaden were couldn't be more different. And just in the amount of the amount that they had played against high qual- high quality competition, and just you know the reps that they had gotten at that point. And I think you saw it with Shaden, where like you look at that growth curve from that first game at Sacramento to the last game here in Portland, you know, against Golden State. I mean, tremendous growth in a very short period of time, you know, and these these uber talented guys are able to pull that off. You know, a lot of it is, are you physically ready? And, you know, often when you see these long, long runways or guys take multiple years, often they're they're just not physically there yet. You know, they got to get stronger. They got to grow into their bodies. They've got to put on weight, you know. With Scoot and Shaden, they're a little unique that way because they're so strong and ready to go already. Now it's just the mental part. How fast can that catch up? Joe, beyond the whether Dame can, and Scoot can play together in the long term, you've now got four guys in Dame, Ant, Scoot, and Shaden who are essentially ones and twos, even if mm-hmm. Shaden can swing up. There's 96 minutes between the two. How can you have those four guys when Dame and Ant are taking up 70 minutes a night mm-hmm. in those two spots? Shaden's likely taking up 20 you're looking at six minutes a night in development for a number three pick. How does the value scale for that work for you if you go into the season with all four? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing you said is, yeah, Shaden can swing a little, which helps. But there's naturally 12 minutes right behind Dame where if Ant doesn't swing to the one as often. So you get that. It's still figuring it out. You know, like a really important thing in a draft, and, you know, we hear it all the time and probably here in Portland more than anywhere draft for talent, not need. It's critical. And I just wasn't going to be moved at all by need, especially drafting that high. I was drafting the best player possible, and then we're going to figure it out. Joe, it's a trade deadline. I asked you about, you know, this fan base has been waiting and waiting for some sort of big move. And Mm -hmm. once again tonight, Yes, you draft number three, but a lot of people were hoping for a trade. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say to this fan base again that is, once again, probably being preached patience? I would say we made the biggest move possible by drafting Scoot Henderson. He's going to be better than any player that would maybe be perceived as that big move. And then you start factoring in the other things that matter in this league, the salary cap, You know, him on a rookie scale. That allows us to build a lot more depth than we would have been able to otherwise. Joe, with all of these things kind of at play, what you just said about uh, draft picks and rookie scale contracts being so valuable with the new CBA, but then you also saying 
that you want to put more impact veterans around Dame? Are you more motivated or, you know, feel any kind of sense of urgency now to, you know, use future draft capital in, in order to make some moves to kind of bring some of those guys in if the goal is still to pull around Dame? Yes, I do. Good question. And that's where there's, there's other stuff to do here. You know, we, I feel like we've done a good job of putting ourselves in a good position to, you know, make these moves and start to get aggressive and pushing, you know, I say this quite a bit, push our chips in, you know, we've got, we've got good picks. We've got good players. We've got a lot of talent in this building and now we've just got to, you know, fine tune it and get it balanced and get it ready to go. So there you go. Joe Cronin being open, forthright, and honest about what the team's goals are, the ways they've tried to go about putting a team around Damian Lillard, the reason why they decided to proceed the way they did during the 2023 draft, and the ways that they feel like they can still put a team around Dame that can compete in the short term by way of both free agency and trades. Sounds like there's still some stuff out there they want to get accomplished. Obviously, as Joe mentioned, going into this talent acquisition portion of the season, right before the moratorium, going into the free agent moratorium, going to be incredibly important for the Trailblazers. At that point, I think you can probably get a good sense of what this team is going to look like going into next season and potentially going into future seasons after that. And that is going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Scoot Henderson, Chris Murray, Rayan Rupert are all going to be introduced on Saturday, and we have the big G League announcement on Monday, so I'll be back with another edition sometime very early next week. But until then, thank you for listening to this edition of The Briefcase. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and go Blazers!